What's up, what's up, what's up? Welcome to the Mind of Manson podcast. I am your host, Emiliano Manson. If you're new around here, welcome to the podcast, everybody. If you're not new around here, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, damn it. Like I said, this is the Mind of Manson podcast where we discuss whatever's on my mind, whatever I feel like we need to talk about, whatever I feel needs to be brought up, we're gonna bring it up, damn it. No subject goes untouched. I try not to cuss, but sometimes shit happens. Shit does happen sometimes, everybody. And what are you going to do about that? Anyway, I hope you guys are doing well. I hope you all are enjoying your day. Hope you guys are happy and healthy, alive and well. It is a beautiful, beautiful sunny day here in Alamosa. A nice 40 degrees, a shiny 40 degrees outside. And I cannot be more happy about that because it's starting to warm up. Days are starting to get longer. And that just means that Summer's around the corner, so mm, can't wait for that. Even though that we only get two and a half to three months of summer here in Southern Colorado, you got to get it while you can. Got to get it while you can. Like I said, it is a nice 40 degrees outside. As I look at the screen, Denver's coming in at 49 degrees. But the real winners today is shout out to everybody in Colorado Springs enjoying a whopping 54 degrees weather on this February 25th day. Damn y'all lucky. Damn y'all, y'all lucky. Like I said, shout out to everybody in Springs enjoying this 54 degrees weather. I bet that's nice up there right now, man. Damn, I'm just just daydreaming. Imagine being in Springs. Not with this weather. Even though I am appreciate I do appreciate the 40 degree weather. Colorado Springs is killing it right now. And I just want to give a cheap plug, cheap plug alert, cheap plug alert, cheap plug alert. My new album self-titled Emiliano Manson drops on all platforms Apple iTunes Google Spotify wherever you get your music is dropping in March so make sure you be on the lookout it's long awaited long long awaited long anticipated everybody gonna hate it and at the same time they gonna play it and I cannot be more excited about that excuse me cannot be more excited about that at all so make sure you check out the new single end of the world which is on spotify right now make sure you check out the official music video for end of the world shot in 4k done the right way on youtube just go to youtube and type in 8305 tv look for end of the world watch the video support your boy and yesterday i decided to be generous just for the hell of it i decided to be generous and i dropped two new tracks to my upcoming ep so if you not understand what's going on, if you're not up to speed, let me get you up to speed. In March, I have an album coming out. A new full-length album. And in March, I have a new EP coming out. So you better keep up with me. Support me, support my music, keep up with what I'm doing because I got some cool stuff going on. So uh, go to my SoundCloud, Manson8305, and check out the new songs small town burnout and move and also check out pretty lady on there too those are three new songs from a new ep coming out in march so i got two projects coming out in one month your boy is killing it killing it killing it killing it and aside from uh two projects a month i'm kind of obsessed with the number two today because i uh i decided i'm gonna give you guys two podcasts a week why because i can damn it why because I got that content, damn it. My brain don't stop flowing. My brain does not stop flowing. 
So you'll be getting new podcasts from me every Monday and every Friday. Every Monday, every Friday on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find the Mind of Manson podcast. Last week's episode, I broke down the uh, Spring Creek Fire. It was a Spring Creek Fire was a last episode. And that was the third largest wildfire in Colorado history. So make sure you guys check that out. Make sure you guys check that out. Um, go check out the other episode I did of building a better you, which are my tips and, uh, you know, my suggestions to becoming a better person, you know, uh, you know, just tips on how to eat healthy and, you know, get a daily routine going, you know, be a better person. You gotta, you gotta take care of yourself. I care about you guys. You know what I'm saying? I, that's why I do this. Cause I care about you. Um, yeah, I could be a rapper. I'm a dope rapper. I could be a rapper all day long, but you know, I want another way to talk to you guys because I care about y'all so much. When I look out into the crowd and I see people dig my music, I, I want to connect with y'all and I just want to know that, let y'all know that I'm here for y'all and uh, if you support me, I support you and and that's all that matters. We got to kill it together. You know what I mean? We got to kill it together. All day, every day. All day, every day. So uh, what's going on in this week in entertainment? It's kind of weird. This week in entertainment is weird and it is creepy because it goes along with the subject of the day. If you clicked on this title, if you're listening to this podcast, you already know what the subject of the day is about, what today's topic is. And this week in entertainment goes along with that, ladies and gentlemen. Speaking of ladies and gentlemen, I realized last podcast on the uh, Breaking Down the Spring Creek Fire, I realized that I did say ladies and gentlemen quite a bit. So what I want you guys to do is I want you to go listen to the Breaking Down the Spring Creek Fire podcast. And um, every time I say ladies and gentlemen, I want you to take a drink of liquor or I want you to take a hit of weed. And I want you to get trashed off that. And I want you to tell me, DM me, tell me how trashed you got off that. And here's another thing I want to share with you guys. I have a drinking game that I have invented, but unfortunately, I don't do alcohol anymore. But I want to pass this game on to y'all because I know some of you guys are going to play it. Now, some of you may think this game is a little bit racist and a little bit sexist, but I don't care what you think. It's going to be an amazing game for those of you who drink and listen to this podcast. I, I encourage you to go try it. Just have somebody drive you home afterward. It is called the Walmart Chola drinking game, everybody. And the only thing is... This game can only be played in the majority of the southwestern states here in the United States of America. For example, like Colorado, Arizona, Nevada, you know, New Mexico, California, you know, Texas, you know, four corners type of stuff. Four, you know, southwestern stuff. So here's what you do. Almost every Walmart, big Walmart nowadays, has a fast food chain in it. Whether it be a, you know, a McDonald's or or a Pizza Hut, or a Subway, whatever. But here's what you do. You have to be 21, though. 21 and older only do this. I do not condone underage drinking. Damn it, you little bastards. I don't condone it. So 21 and over. This is for you guys. Pay attention. Get you a pint of your favorite alcohol. 
whether it's whiskey, rum, vodka, tequila, whatever. Go to the fast food place, get a large fountain drink, okay? Get the fountain drink and only fill it up halfway. And then, either sit at a table or take your cup into the restroom and pour your pint in there. Get you a nice strong mixed drink in a, in a fast food cup. And here's what I want you to do. You gotta look for some cholas. Now for those of you who don't know what a chola is, type in the search engine C-H-O-L-A. And cholas are these uh, hardcore, aggressive, mean-looking, gangster-looking girls with the big eyebrows and the lip liner and the pajama pants and the hoodies on. Every time you see one of those, you take a drink. So you make one full circle around Walmart on a, either a Saturday night or a Sunday morning in a Walmart in the southwestern states after you get your drink and you mix it up. Here's what you do. You make one, say, say you start at the bikes or the electronics. You gotta make one round and end up there. Every time you see one of these aggressive looking chola chicks in a hoodie and pajamas and dirty shoes, take a drink. I'm dead serious. You're gonna get trashed by the time you leave the store because for some reason they're everywhere. All you gotta do is look for the chola and the, and the dirty hoodie, the dirty pajama pants, and the dirty sneakers and take a drink every time you see one and I guarantee you, you will be trashed by the time you get out. You will be trashed. Oh, I wish I could play it, but it's too dope to not pass along to you. So if anybody out there plays it, let me know how it went. Like I said, some may say it's sexist, some may say it's racist, some may say it's racist and sexist, and I might say I'm offended by you calling it racist and sexist, so I guess we could meet in the middle and just play my game, get drunk, and have a good time. But yeah, that's too dope not to pass along, because like I said, I care about you guys, and I want you to have fun, but I want you guys to be 21 when you do it, and I want you to have a safe way home when you do it as well. You know what I mean? <clears throat> and... And just have fun with it, man. Just just have fun with it. But yeah, um, back to this week in entertainment. It is a strange round of entertainment stuff because uh, the three dudes in this, this week in entertainment that I'm going to cover are, are just as weird as the topic of the podcast. Here we go. Robert Kraft. Did you hear about this old guy? He owns the Dynasty, the New England Patriots, six-time Super Bowl champs. You can go ahead and hate on the Patriots all you want, but they quarterback has more rings than your favorite quarterback. You understand me? And to my knowledge, there ain't really anything you can do about that. So you can hate on Brady all you want. You can hate on the Pats all you want, but you got to also give credit where credit is due. And that the Patriots are a dynasty and they have a perverted old owner this shit is hilarious, y'all. Robert Kraft, owner of the New England Patriots, is being charged with a misdemeanor and solicitation of prostitution. Kraft was driven to a spa by a chauffeur. An hour-long visit cost 79 bucks, police said. Kraft will have to appear in court. So in other words, Mr. Kraft is getting happy endings. Happy, 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 happy endings. He probably tells him, me love you long time. You like Tom Brady? Me love you long time. Man. And some of the reports are saying that that's, that there's surveillance, man. Surveillance. 
how has this dude got a misdemeanor in this ghetto-ass looking day spa where he probably knows the secret, the secret word. What's the secret word? Long time. Knocks on the door. What's the password? Long time. Robert Kraft goes back there with the six Super Bowl rings and, and just has happy endings all day. That is freaking hilarious. That is insane. That is old. That is perverted. That is sick. That is twisted. And that is more... That's just gross, but it's not more gross and more disturbing than this uh, Juicy Smollett. I probably butchered his name, don't care, the loser from Entourage, who apparently uh, paid people to beat the hell out of him, put a noose around his neck, put crushed ibuprofen in an envelope. That way he could uh, get notoriety, being a victim of a race attack, and man, what a dumbass. What a complete and utter dumbass how stupid can you be so here's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna pay people to beat the hell out of me throw tortillas at me throw tortillas at my hispanic ass even though i don't fuck with them because i'm on keto i'm 100 keto all day every day but you guys gotta beat my ass throw tortillas at me and throw masa at me throw flour at me and i'll say it's a racist attack to boost my music career but you guys better not tell on me okay can you just imagine this dude after knowing that his buddies had to hit him? He was just sitting there, you know, just trying not to flinch. Just don't hit me too hard, bro. Don't hit me too hard. What a what an idiot, man. But he cannot be more of an idiot than R. Kelly. You hear R. Kelly turned himself in? On him years and years and years and years of sexual scandals finally came around and bit him in the ass. Dude's been hiding in the closet for all these years. And it came out and bit him in the ass. Man, ever since I was a little kid in like middle school, I've always heard about R. Kelly pissing on children. I've always heard about R. Kelly uh, molesting other men and all these other rumors that are coming out today and these women that are coming forward and the court videos and the videos. And the, this has been around for years. So the fact that I'm now in my 30s and they finally nailed this sick bastard is what took y'all so long what takes you guys so long to to get the drug dealers and the pedophiles and the sex offenders what takes you guys so long to to round up the the, the, the shitty people that deserve to be locked up and put away forever but you quick to once again if you hear that snapping my fingers once again you you, you quick to snatch a rapper or an entertainer, or a ball player, or a, a regular American, quick to, see I'm snapping my fingers, because that's how quick they do it, they quick to snatch you up, if you hard working, and you got no police record, they, see I'm snapping my fingers again, because they snatch you up that quick, but if you're a child molester, a rapist, a pervert, or if you own the New England Patriots, you're going to get off easy. And that is some complete bullshit. I bet if that was regular Joe Smo at the day spa, I bet you he would end up getting a felony. But since Robert Kraft is Robert Kraft, he ended up getting off with a misdemeanor. And we'll see what happens to uh, the the Empire kid. And R. Kelly, we already know. We already know his career is done. Down the drain. Finished. Actually, his career has been finished for a minute. Um, dude is talented, but no talent can cover up you, the fact you're a sick, a sick bastard. A sick, sick bastard. Sick, sick bastard. 
This week in wrestling, this week in wrestling, not everybody's a professional wrestling fan, but I am. If you're not a professional, see, I uh, patted my chest too hard when I said that. Not everybody's a pro wrestling fan, but I am. If you're not, skip through the news until uh, we get to today's topic. But we're going to break down what happened in the world of wrestling. WWE had uh, released uh, a handful of people over this past week, over the past weekend. They released Ty Dillinger, TJP, Hideo Itami, and now recently, Arn Anderson. Um, from what we understand is uh, Ty Dillinger and Hideo Itami both asked for their release. And they were granted. So... Shouts out to them for getting out of their contract. And I guarantee you everybody over the past year or two has seen the fire TJP hashtags. And it finally happened. I was a fan of uh, TJP. Especially being the uh, inaugural, inaugural uh, cruiserweight champion in that whole cruiserweight tournament that they did. Um, I feel they should have utilized him a little more. But there are reports saying that he had a crappy attitude backstage. And the main reason he was fired is because of his attitude. And unapproved tattoos unapproved tattoos in wwe if you're not familiar you got to get permission to cut your hair you got a permission to change your image you got to get permission to get tattoos you got a permission to get permission to grow your hair why because they own your ass plain and simple in that contract they own your ass um in any mainstream contract they own your ass but for more important reasons they're always doing pictures and video scans for video games in uh action figures so they want you to look as character your character as up to date and as current as possible um another shock though is uh, them letting arn anderson go good old uncle dave uncle dave Meltzer of the wrestling observer had reported that there was some kind of incident over the weekend and arn anderson took the it was at a house show there was an incident and arn anderson took the blame for it and led to him getting fired and as everybody knows arn and vince haven't always got along but they were so quick to hire Bruce Pritchard, which is not a bad thing. Bruce Pritchard is another great wrestling mind. So you lose one wrestling mind, you get another right away. Right, right away. Another uh, another good hot topic on this. Um, Sammy Callahan has uh, re-signed with Impact Wrestling for a multiple-year contract. Sammy's another good reason of somebody who uh, was unhappy with his position at WWE. Realized he needed to get the hell out. Got the hell out, and he is now becoming a superstar. So, you know, shout out to Sammy on that. And it looks like the big dog, Big Oos, Roman Reigns, is going to return to his yard on the episode of Monday Night Raw for February 25th. It has not happened yet. I'm recording this before the episode, but it looks like he's going to return to do a leukemia update. Um, let's just hope uh, he's actually there in person. He's there physically and not on the big screen. But either way, if he was, it's going to be dope to see the big dog back on the big screen. And on this week's episode of Being the Elite of BTE, the Young Bucks cost the Lucha Brothers the belts. Lights went out, did a run-in, got one of the best pops ever, and cost Penta and Phoenix the belts. They dropped them to LAX, set up the match officially for May 25th in the sold-out Las Vegas MGM Grand Garden Arena. It's going to be dope. Um... If you guys notice, they uh, fast forward through Marty's part, which is hilarious, just the way it looked. And then uh, now they're starting to slowly cut out a flip. So anything those guys do is gold. Anything those guys do is gold. Um, we're going to do something different starting today. Every episode is a uh, song of the day. 
And this week's song of the day, until I figure out how to play it behind me or and at least get the permission from the artist, song of the day is going to be a song that stands out to me. A song that I feel like you guys need to take a listen to. A song that I feel like you guys need to hear. Um, from any genre. Hip-hop, rap, rock, metal, country, oldies. Whatever I feel like you guys need to listen to, I'm going to showcase. And this week's, and this episode's song of the day is by a Houston legend, a Texas legend, an MC by the name of Kay Reno. And I want you guys to go listen to The Professor. So wherever you get your music, type in Kay Reno and listen to The Professor. And it is one of the most incredible hip-hop songs I have heard in a long time. A long, long time. Um, last episode, I did something pretty cool that uh, I'm going to make a, a daily episode a daily episode thing, or an every episode thing, if you will, is, uh, if you hear some quiet, it's because I'm gonna be hitting my wax pen right about now. And what I got in this wax pen right now is, uh, some sour OG that is registering in the high 80s, and it is very nice. It is very nice and it stinks. It stinks. All my shit stinks, if that makes sense. All my shit stinks. And, um... That's what I got in this pen. And after this, I'm gonna put some Sour Diesel Shatter also registering in the very high 80s in this coil after I burn all this stuff off. So, it's good. I'm really loving the taste of the Sour OG. It's light. It's terpy. It's juicy. It's got that distinct note of the OG. And when you blow it out, you get the, the like the floral notes and the, you know, the tang of the, the Sour Diesel in there, you know. I would shout out the, the company of the concentrate, but I am not going to be shouting out dispensary names and uh, concentrate names because I'm not getting sponsored by them yet. But uh, if you know me and my concentrates, you know it's it's some top shelf shit. So you got to do it right or not do it at all. So those are the two new things that we're going to make every episode is the song of the day and the strain of the day. Whether if it's, you know, wax or flour, or I hardly ever do edibles, so I doubt we'll ever review any of those. But I encourage anybody out there to try CBD. Um, not everybody has to be a stoner. Not everybody has to get high. But I encourage everybody to try CBD at least a couple times in their life. It's, it's the real medicine. And if you take the time to let it do what it has to do, uh, it could change your life. So, just don't buy it from the gas station. Don't buy it from a mainstream store. Because guaranteed it's, it's really, really unhealthy. Really, really, really unhealthy. And, man, ain't nobody got time for that shit. You know what I mean? We trying to be healthy. You know? We, we trying to be healthy. We ain't trying to be unhealthy. You know? I want you guys to drive past the fast food places next time you need something to eat. You know, I want you guys to 
you know, have better attitudes throughout the day. But I also want you guys to get weird. I want you guys to get really, really, really weird. Because it's okay to get weird. And it's okay to get scared. And that's what we're going to do in this episode of the podcast. Is we're going to get weird. We're going to get scared. We're going to get paranormal. We're talking about... What's the title? You clicked on it. You should know what this podcast is about. Exploring the weird and paranormal things of the San Luis Valley, everybody. That's what we're talking about today. That's what we're talking about today, everybody. Now, if you don't know, the San Luis Valley, San Luis Valley is, um, had to take a drink there, cotton mouth from hitting the wax pan, but it is a region in South Central Colorado with a small portion overlapping into New Mexico. It is the headwaters of the Rio Grande. It contains six counties and three portions of others. The valley was ceded to the United States by Mexico following the Mexican-American War. Hispanic settlers began moving north, settling to the valley after the United States made a treaty with the Utes and established Fort prior to the Mexican War and Spanish-American governments had reserved the valley to the Utes, their allies. During the 19th century, Anglo settlers settled in the valley and engaged in mining, ranching, irrigation culture. And that sounds like the exact same thing today. It sounds like the exact same thing today. But we don't get into uh, small town politics on the podcast. Shut up, Manson. Shut up, Manson. But it is a high altitude, um, approximately 8,000 square miles with an average elevation of uh, 7,500 feet. 7,500 feet. And it is approximately 122 miles long and 74 miles wide. And we get the coldest in the state of Colorado. We get the below zero. We are known for the Great Sand Dunes National Park and Preserve. Now, the Great Sand Dunes, if you're not familiar with it, um, me being a local, being born and raised here, the Sand Dunes is not much. And that's no disrespect on anything. Um, just like I'm sure the, you know, the Statue of Liberty to somebody born and raised in New York is not really a big deal to to them because they're born and raised there for 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years. Same thing with the sand dunes. It's not much to us locals. But if you're not aware, it is America's tallest, largest dunes at 750 feet tall on the eastern edge of the San Luis Valley, adjacent to the Sangre de Cristo Mountains in the south central part of Colorado of the San Luis Valley. Um, I never realized how much revenue the the damn sand dunes brought to Alamosa. I used to work at a hotel here, one of the nicer hotels on uh out by Walmart here in Alamosa, and um, a lot of tourists from like other countries and all kinds of cool stuff, you know, would uh come here just for the sand dunes, and it's kind of really weird how. You know, the sand dunes ended up taking place because, you know, what what they're going to tell you and what they have to tell you is that, uh, you know, the winds picked up and the, the way that it was like a little nook in there and sand just collected and just collected and 
just collected, but sounds kind of weird how America's tallest sand dunes are in the backdrop of uh, snowy Rocky Mountains, you know what I mean? But the San Luis Valley is a weird place because, you know, since the late 1700s, there's been documents of bizarre and unexplainable lights in the sky. Nearly every type of uh, paranormal activity you can think of has been um, historically reported here in the San Luis Valley or the Mysterious Valley um, in a book um, written by the same uh, paranormal investigator, Christopher O'Brien, in the mid-90s which is a book that you need to check out. Um, the 13 Native American Indian tribes known to have inhabited the San Luis Valley are uh, considered sacred for a number of reasons. They, um, you know, they're sacred sites in the valley known to the tribes and the medicine man. And, you know, where the tribes came along to trade, you know, and was referred to the peaceful valley since, you know, they did not tolerate any conflict there. You know, they, they, had no part of it, you know, they, they had no part of it, they ain't got no time for it, they ain't got no time for it, which is, uh, which brings up, like, you know, Zapata Falls, because it's right next to the Great Sand Dunes, it's another location well known for uh, sacred ceremonies by spiritual elders and numerous tribes in the valley. Many individuals have reported bizarre spiritual, uh, spirit, uh, supernatural, excuse me. Uh, this damn cotton mouth from that wax is killing me right now. But there have been uh, large amounts of uh, supernatural spiritual encounters in the high-walled stone grotto leading up to the 70-foot wall. Um, waterfall, I mean. Because when you get to Zapata Falls, you drive up the dirt road, you walk up about a mile, half a mile, you go through the ravine... And inside is that cave and, you know, um, after doing research on today's topic, it just kind of blows my mind that I never really thought of that, thought of that shit, you know, of, uh, you know, them old school, you know, skinwalker cats, skinwalkers, which we're going to get into here in a minute, but, you know, uh, you know, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't cross my mind that, that they did some, that they did some wicked messed up shit back in the day you know, in that waterfall cave, you know what I mean? Um, but how can you explain um, the world's only UFO watchtower in the middle of nowhere off Highway 17, you know? And, sh I mean, shit, in the late 1980s, the UFO activity in the San Luis Valley was, was crazy, Um says here on September 18th, 2008, the Sanchez Canal and Highway, uh, Highway 59, Costilla County, around 1 p.m., the witness looked north towards the San Ignacio, uh, old San Ignacio, when the whitest silver metallic craft appeared, and it was five to seven degrees above the town of uh, San Ignacio, and three to four thumbs of length, and it disappeared later around 2.45. Um, she took a picture of the statue of the Virgin Mary and this object was in the photo off highway 142 so there's a lot of a lot of a lot of uh, UFO sightings here in the San Luis Valley I personally have not seen any yet but then again I have not bothered to look for any um I believe that if you look for jacked up stuff you find it 
you know, no matter what, what kind of energy you want around you, um, is, is not very good unless it's good energy, unless you want, unless you want good energy, you know, um, If you look for jacked up stuff, you know, it's going to find you. It's going to find you. But, um, yeah, just kind of get the chills just sitting here talking about it, thinking about it. It's, it's really creepy. Um, just the fact that there's America's largest dunes next to a sacred ritual waterfall next to America, uh, the world's only UFO watchtower does not add up to anything I'm about to tell you. Have you guys heard of Snippy? Snippy, you haven't heard of Snippy? Well, I'm about to tell you who Snippy is. Snippy was a three-year-old Appapalooza horse um, who didn't return to the Harry King Ranch for her usual evening drink September 7th, and her owner is blaming a flying saucer or at least a radioactive surgeon for everything that went down. So let's dive more into this. Um, they found Snippy a quarter mile from the ranch house. There were no racks, no tracks about the dead horse, but the animal had been completely skinned. All that remained were the neck and shoulders were bleached bones, but they were still intact, still attached to the rest of the body. That's crazy. The cut around the neck was completely smooth with not one jagged edge and no blood remained on the horse's body whatsoever and there was no blood on the ground. What the hell? Damn. Um, they returned to the site the next day with the horse owners and uh, nothing had changed except the sickening sweet odor you know, pervaded the area. After a search immediately, they found what appeared to be uh, 15 circular exhaust marks they covered the, that covered the area. And they were about, you know, 100 by uh, 50 yards, which is huge. You know, just imagine this UFO dropping down on your field, you know, skinning the shit out of your horse. And, you know, just leaving burnout marks in your in your shit. That's that's heavy, <laughs> you know, but they they found pieces of the pieces of the horse's flesh encased in a piece of uh, the skin. And it was very sticky. And her hand began to burn when she picked it up. And uh, when they went to check the area, more flattened brush, there were uh, six indications forming a circle of uh, three feet in diameter. Each, <laughs> each was about two inches across and four inches deep. And the neck bones and the head turned black. Damn. Poor Snippy. Poor, poor freaking Snippy. I wonder who they got first. All the cattle, the cattle that got mutilated here in the San Luis Valley or Snippy the freaking horse. Makes you wonder who got it first. You know what I mean? Whatever it was, wasn't pretty. And then they go build a UFO watchtower to what? Try to try to confront these people. Like, hey. Hey, you extraterrestrial Bastards, leave us alone. Leave us alone. You know, but who? what's more scary to confront is what I want to know. Extraterrestrials? 
or skinwalkers, y'all? Which one is it? Which one is it? Because the San Luis Valley is full of hot spots, which means they're magnets. And magnets means paranormal events and activities. So what you got to ask yourself is, who would you rather confront? An extraterrestrial or a skinwalker? Because I'm about to tell you an old school San Luis Valley story. One of them anyway. This is about a skinwalker from a guy back, 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 back in the day. He was a law enforcement person in a small town outside of San Luis. Wasn't in San Luis, as outside of San Luis on a dirt road and a backcountry road. Let me take a hit. On a back, on a backcountry road, he was done with his shift and he was driving down the dirt road going home and he saw a woman dressed in red, carrying high heel shoes, being a good Samaritan. Let me take a drink. Being a good Samaritan, the guy decided to pull over and uh, give this lady a ride. And uh, keep in mind, she was wearing red and she had a like a coyote cloak on, you know, animal skin. You know, she got in the truck, took off down the road, and he glanced at her and uh, she looked like an animal. She had uh, looked like a coyote, so he looked again and she was full coyote. And he supposedly, apparently stopped the truck and then... A flash fireball just appeared in the cab and that person was gone. Um, that's Skinwalker. I'm not going to get into what Skinwalkers are. Y'all can do your own research. I know there's a movie called Skinwalkers. I haven't seen it or heard of it or anything, but you do your own research on what Skinwalkers are. Just know that there is a lot of them in the San Luis Valley. And even as a little kid, you were always told, never pick up a hitchhiker on a back road wearing animal skin. Because those are skinwalkers, those are witches, those are brujos, those are brujarias. And they're evil. They work for the devil. That's what they used to tell us when you were little. So, even to this day, if I see somebody hitchhiking down a country road, I don't even look at them. I don't, you don't look in the eyes, you don't do nothing. You don't lock eyes with these people. Because they could transform like anything. They, they shapeshift and it's what it is. You know, they could shapeshift into the form of a, a bird crow and eagle or whatever they shapeshift into an animal and i wouldn't doubt it if they could shapeshift into a dead relative to mess with you you know so word of advice um this is this is this goes for anywhere not just colorado southern colorado anywhere in america word of advice even in, around the world word of advice do not, I repeat, do not pick up a hitchhiker on the back road wearing animal skin. The skinwalkers in the possess your ass. They will possess your ass. And then what are you going to do? Say, oh, shit. Manson told me so. Manson told me so. So don't pick up skinwalkers when you're hitchhiking. <laughs> um, another uh, old school story um, that everybody knows Um. It don't really take place here in the San Luis Valley, but we were scared shitless with it when we were children with it. And that is the legend of the La Llorona. The La Llorona. Um, she is a woman named Maria. She took her sons to the river and drowned them in a blind anger rage. When she realized what she had done, she started to look for them. But the river had already carried her, her dead children away that she drowned. Days later, they found her dead ass on the riverbank. And uh, 
challenged at the gates of heavens for her whereabouts of her son. They didn't let her into heaven. So she got stuck between the land, the living, and the dead. And she spends every day and she will spend eternity looking for her lost sons. You can hear her cry for her lost sons, walking up and down the riverbanks of the lost sons, just crying. That's where she gets the nickname La Llorona, Crybaby. And when we were little, that's what they used to threaten us with. You know what I mean? Quit crying or the La Llorona is going to get you. The Llorona is going to get you. She's looking for her kids. We'll just give them to you. That way, if you keep crying, she's going to come look for you. So automatically, we would shut the hell up right away. Ask any kid in the valley, ask any Hispanic kid in the San Luis Valley, in New Mexico, in the Southwest. We all got threatened by the damn fucking Kukui, Orona, all this other shit. You know? And all I'm saying is if you're on a riverbank at night and you hear some crying, run the run the other way. Run the other way. That'd be some trip. That'd be a trip though, right? See that? That'd be a trip. The hell with that. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I mean, it gets scary. Um, just chilling down by the river here in the in the valley. And uh, you hear the coyotes howl at night in the winter. That is a scary noise. So just imagine seeing the, the Yarona. Maria Yorona Cabrona looking for her kids. You know. So all you up-and-coming parents threaten your kids with the Yorona. They're going to find some way to make it discriminating in a lawsuit about it, but tell them about the Yorona. Uh, another old-school um, San Luis Valley uh, folk tale, horror story, paranormal story, if you will, is uh, has has different names. Uh, the Chama Devil, the Pawaki Devil, and the Capulin Devil. And what's weird is this story I'm going to tell you was told to me by three different people that have never met each other in their life. Uh, my grandpa, an ex-girlfriend, and a, a resident who passed away when I used to be a CNA in Del Norte. It was different times in my life. I've been all told these three stories. All these three stories match. These people have not met each other. The only difference is, is, a, is a couple details and the places where they occurred. So we're going to start with the one my grandpa told me. A long time ago, he said there was this... Uh, this thing called the Capulin Devil. And what it was is on Good Friday, the Friday, you know, before Easter Sunday, the whole town would go to the bar. Because back in them days, I imagine it was like Gillies from Urban Cowboy. The whole town was at the bar and the whole town was at the diner afterwards. So that's the kind of style it was. But this was way, 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 way back in the day. Way back in the day. Um, apparently, there was this, uh, this hotshot guy who was... Uh, making buddies with all the dudes and sweeping all the ladies off their feet and buying drinks and just becoming the life of the party. Uh, apparently, they saw a, a tail, a red tail on the dance floor, on the dance floor of the of the dance hall where he was dancing. Came out of his uh, his tuxedo coat, his, uh, he, you know, his suit coat. You know, and... Uh, when he left, they tried to get him to come back in the bar and, you know, he had these demonic fire eyes, you know, and they let him walk to a car and they just saw the taillights disappear. Kind of like that Clinton Black song, nothing but the taillight. Um, that one was told to me by my grandpa. The one told to me by another person, um, 
is pretty much similar, except this one happened in Chama. It was the same thing, except in this story, there wasn't a tail sticking out. There was a... His, his top hat fell off, you know, like his dress hat. It fell off, and he had horns. And that exposed him, and he left, and they saw the taillights disappear. The one that... The elderly lady told me, the resident in the nursing home, years and years and years ago, that nursing home is closed down now, and they built a new one, actually, but... She told me it was in Powake. It was on a good Friday night at a casino. And this dude was just everybody's good luck charm. He was, you know, sharp dressed. Just winning everybody money, giving everybody chips, buying everybody drinks. And he got to the car and they went up to the car to, you know, bring him in. And he had a goat's feet, a, a long red tail, you know, sitting next to him, you know, on the, you know, coming out to the passenger side. And, uh. He had red devil eyes and they all backed off the car and, you know, he drove off with the nothing but the tail lights type of shit. And, um, it's just weird that three people that have never met each other, my grandpa an ex-girlfriend and a, and a resident have never met each other in their life. have told me the exact same story and it matches. That's just weird. You know, whether you believe it or not, just it's weird, you know? Uh, small town folk tales, small town horror stories just grab my attention for some reason. And that's why I decided to base this whole episode on it. So, I don't know. I, you know, I want nothing to do with that if I'd seen that. You know, I'm a rapper. I do a show. If I, if I saw somebody like that, I would not do the show. I'd disappear and whatever, you know. I ain't trying to kick it with you if you... Got them horns and tail, motherfucker. Uh-uh. No, 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 no. Like uh, Mutumbo on those commercials. No, no, no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. But um, here's one thing I want to tell you guys before we, uh, before we wrap this up. Being in Alamosa, being born and raised in Alamosa, Colorado, if you're familiar with it, you know about the statue of the witch. The witch statue here in Alamosa. Um, it's kind of like an iconic staple. Because just it's so creepy. You know, you, you can see it from the road. You know, you can see it from the airport road. You can see it from the, you see it from State Street. Pulling into the cemetery to give your condolences and you know, to place flowers on a loved one's grave, it just stares at you from across because it's so big. And uh, we're going we gonna to break it down a little bit before we wrap it up. So saving the best for last. It is uh, um, it's supposed to be of a witch buried, a real witch, a real evil witch buried at the cemetery. And the left rear of the cemetery is the grave of, uh, I'm going to, Wil, Wilmina Be Beaker. Wilmina Becker says she died October 36th, 1913. There are no county or cemetery records for Wilmina Becker and offers nothing left on the statue. Many people have said that they have felt strange energy and gloominess around that statue, especially at night, with other reportings of lights around the area. Although 
that you could easily see it's explained by the airport opposite of the cemetery because their runways just run right right across. You take your ass out there at night. Take your ass out there at night and sit under that statue and see if you don't get weirded out and get creeped out. Because it's just it's just so weird that on that statue it says that she died on the 36th and the 32nd of October. Which uh, those are some important numbers if you know your symbology. If you know if you know your research, those are some important numbers. But if you got some downtime, if you got some downtime and you're in Alamosa and you want to get creeped out, check out this whole thing that we went through on this podcast, everybody. Because aside from some of the best fishing, hunting, wildlife, best scenery, the best. Man, y'all should be jealous of Colorado. Not just the San Luis Valley. Y'all should be jealous of Colorado because we everywhere is beautiful, but Colorado's been killing it, scenery-wise. Aside from all that, if you're into paranormal stuff, this is put this place at the top of your list. Get in your search engine and find out where we are and come see us because we'll freak you out. You know what I mean? We'll We'll freak you out. We'll creep you out. You know, and if you're in town, you know, there's there's a handful of places that you could go to that are reportedly haunted, you know, reportedly haunted, you know, starting with the Romeo Town Hall in Romeo, Colorado. If you're familiar with Romeo, you just look at the town hall and you know, you know, you know, there's something, something going on in there. Um, but there's reports that in the town hall of Romeo that, you know, there's been things flown at people. People are throwing things at people, <clears throat> you know? So, you know, if you're in that part of the, of the Valley, go check it out. Also, um, it's a real estate building, but the Port of Realty building uh, was a former hospital. And, you know, they say after the building closes that there's old patients that have died in that building that just roam the halls at night. Another one you could go to that'll come up on the website is uh, Nino's Mexican Restaurant. It also, it, it, but it goes by Walsh Burger now. And um, if you ask me, it's it's uh, Alamosa's best hamburger joint. I think it's in my opinion. Go get yourself the damn big dog. Anyway, um, there's a cowboy that haunts in there, and there's reports of you know him turning on the light, turning off the light. Outlets popping for no reason, strange footsteps, strange knockings. And what's weird is, uh, I spent a lot of time at that building, and we decided to name that ghost Jack. We named him Jack, and he looks exactly like the neighborhood watch symbol. Is a tall shadow figure, like a shadow person, with a cowboy hat, and straight up intimidating. I ain't gonna lie. You see him a couple times. You know, sometimes I'll be cooking and at the corner of my eye, I'll see Jack. Like I said, that's what we named him. Um, you just feel like somebody's watching you when you turn around. There's a shadow and it's not there no more. You know, so check out that building. It's an old building, 1900s old hotel. It's apartments now, but check it out. You know, um, the Steam Train Hotel, which I heard you could smoke weed in if you're a tourist. So... Um, make sure you check that out. But um, it was built in 1911, and um, there's two guest rooms with, I guess, their each own ghost. So uh, depends on what room you have to see what ghost you have, I guess. You know, 
There's also uh, Rivers Inn Bed and Breakfast, and uh, there are th- believed to be three ghosts who haunt that historic bed and breakfast. And uh, you can hear uh, guests coming from the front room, and you can smell cigar smoke, you know, which is uh, kind of creepy. And uh, I guess last but not least, before we wrap this up, is the Windsor Motel, the Windsor Hotel in Down North, Colorado. It has been around since 1874. Cowboy settlers and Europeans have settled there, have passed through there. But a lady named Maud came through the San Luis Valley, arrived in Down North, Colorado, and her means were to, her means to stay there were enjoyful in the beginning, but you know where this is going. She's probably going to haunt it. <laughs> you know, her stay was joyful at the beginning, but her love of life decided to, you know, stay at the hotel for six days. And uh, said he would be right back. And upon leaving, she looked out the window to, uh, you know, get a look at the wagon of another woman. When he returned four days later, Maude went across the street, bought a first model of the 357 Magnum with the biggest revolver at the time she could find. And, uh, yeah, you can hear Maude scream. So if you're at the Windsor and down north, you can hear Maude scream. So, you know. We got a lot of cool stuff here in the San Luis Valley for y'all to check out. You know, it's a lot more than the gray sand dunes and and all this happy shit. If you're into the paranormal, if you're into the weird, if you're into the scary, this has definitely got to be a top 10 place for you to check out in America. I would say so. I would also say it'd be smart for you to go uh follow me on Instagram, Manson8305. Follow me on uh, Facebook, Manson8305. Follow me on Twitter at emanson, M-A-N-S-Y-N, and uh, subscribe to YouTube, man, 8305TV. Hit me up. I got all the dope shit coming out, and uh, make sure you check it out. And like I said, two podcasts a week, Mondays and Fridays, baby. And uh, good night.